Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, we got the week four NFL recap for you. We're getting to the scores and the biggest takeaways from this past weekend's games, including a questionable call by John Harbaugh. Could have cost the Ravens the game. We're getting to Baker Mayfield still struggling. We're getting to the two attack of Aloha concussion protocol segment. And of course, overreaction Monday. All that more coming up. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Let's hop right into those scores. In London, Vikings took on the Saints. They win 28-25 in overtime. What an exciting end to a London game here. As Lutch kicked a 60-yard field goal to tie it. And then the Vikings get a field goal in overtime because Lutch misses a 61-yarder off the upright twice to end the game. Justin Jefferson balled out for the Vikings. He had 10 receptions, 147 yards, and a rushing TD. The Falcons beat the Browns 23-20. to Falcons just basically ran all over them. But Marcus Mario only completed seven passes. But they nonetheless, they still win and improved the 2-2. Two and two. The Cowboys took care of the Washington Commanders 25-10. to Cooper Rush been playing very well, 223 yards and two TDs. The Seahawks in a shootout in Detroit come away with a victory, 48-45. to Geno Smith is still playing damn well. 320 passing yards, a two TDs, including a rushing TD. Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions is first in NFL in scoring as he had another 378 yards, four TDs in the loss because their defense can't do anything. The Titans defeated the Colts 24-17. Derrick Henry had another good game running the ball, 22 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Giants defeat the Bears 20-12. Saquon Barkley looking like his old self out there, 146 yards on the ground. Eagles defeat the Jags to stay as the only undefeated NFL team. They win 29-21 behind Miles Sanders. 27 carries, 134 yards, and two TDs. Trevor Lawrence struggled and a little bit of a rainy day as he lost three fumbles. The Jets stocked the Steelers in Pittsburgh with, Zach, with the return of Zach Wilson as they win 24-20 behind Zach Wilson's 252 yards and a touchdown. Mitchell Trubisky was indeed benched at halftime and went with the rookie Kenny Pickett. He had two rushing touchdowns on the day, but he did throw three interceptions. It's a learning curve. He did play pretty well. One of those interceptions came in the end zone as time expired. Bills defeat the Ravens coming back from 17 down the second half by a foul 23-20. Ravens second straight week blowing it in this in the final quarter. Like it's two back-to-back 17-point lead giveaways to lose. The Chargers get back in the win count, 34 to 24 over the Texans behind Justin Herbert's 340 passing yards and two TDs. Kyler Murray leads the Cardinals to a victory over the Baker Mayfield Carolina Panthers as they win 26 to 16. Packers hold on to defeat the Pats in overtime, 27 to 24. Some guy named Zappi was playing quarterback for the Patriots and they still almost went to Green Bay and won, but Crosby able to get the field goal in overtime. The Raiders get in the win column. Finally, the first win of the season as they beat the Broncos 32 to 23. Josh Jacobs run the ball on the ground. 28 carries, 144 yards, two TDs. 
The Sunday night football game. Chiefs get the revenge on the Tampa Bay Bucks. They win 41-31. Behind Patrick Mahomes, Houdini acts there. 249 passing yards, 3 TDs, and a pick. Brady finished with 385 passing yards and 3 TDs. But a lot of that was just because they were playing from behind. They didn't run the ball but 6 times for 3 yards. And there you have it. So, let's get into the first segment of the day. It's one of those games where this seemed like was being dominated once again. We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens. They were up 20-3 to against the Buffalo Bills. Bills coming off a tough loss last week in Miami. Ravens, you know, the previous week, remember they lost a couple weeks ago to Miami. It's kind of like a coincidence there, but... They let up over 17 points in the fourth quarter for them, for Miami to get back. Now, they just do the same thing against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills came back and won 23-20 to against them. And a lot of it has to do with a big fourth and goal call that John Harbaugh made for Baltimore as to go for it when the game was tied 20-20 with over two minutes to go in the game. Put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. There was like two people open especially in the first, very first start of the play. He looked at it, and then DuVernay was wide open on the right side, I believe, and he couldn't get him the ball. So it was picked off in the end zone. It's like a double whammy because he got picked off, so now the ball's on the 20 instead of like the three-yard line. And John Harbaugh has made these calls a lot. He did it a lot late last year, um, especially when Lamar Jackson was out and Huntley was in as quarterback. Went for it. I believe he cost the Ravens a couple of wins by that decision-making. And I believe he cost them another victory here on Sunday because Ravens' defense is horrible. It has been so bad this year. Yes, that's one thing. Maybe John Harbaugh saying, hey, if I can get a touchdown here, I don't have to worry about it. Because my defense may let up one. If I only get a field goal, they may go down, get a touchdown, and win the game. That's probably what he was thinking because that's how bad his defense has been playing this year and into late last year. But you got to take the points in this situation. You have to. 2020 against Josh Allen, you know Buffalo can score. You are holding them in check. You hold them the three points at halftime. You were holding them in check pretty much the whole entire game on the scoreboard. That's This could have been a big turning point for this Baltimore team. I say that because their defense has been struggling. Give me those three points. We're stopping them. Give your defense some confidence. You can see them all. Like there was a play where they, uh, Devin Singletary ran the ball and he, they tackled him, you know, at the, about the two, three yard line. So they were trying to let him score a touchdown so that he can get the ball back. You saw some people frustrated because a tackle was made. So, um, Marcus Peters on the sideline, pretty frustrated. You've seen a lot of these frustrations now on the defensive side of the ball. You got to let them score. You're in a point where your defense has to let the opposite team score for you to have a chance to win a game so your offense can get back on the field. You couldn't stop them this whole drive. I can see what John Harbaugh is. So questionable call, yes. But this defense needed some kind of confidence to get back in their system and saying, hey, we're getting a field goal. Go out there and stop them. 
that could be a perfect time for the defense saying, okay, we got you. It's a turning point in our season where defense comes back alive. And it didn't happen. So Baltimore now with a big heartbreaking loss here. Buffalo improves. Josh Allen did his what he did, what he didn't do, I guess, in the Miami game. He came back and made some key throws in that final drive to put him in that situation. But John Harbaugh has been making these little bit questionable calls in certain times, and I believe this time it did cost him because I'd rather them try and score a touchdown and try and score a field goal. Even if they did score a field goal, hey, why not get him in overtime? That's my thinking about it. So another questionable call he's made. And this team is this. It's, I just don't understand why their defense is so bad. Their defense shouldn't be this bad. Yeah, they had some key injuries still a little bit here and there. But um, Jimmy Smith actually just announced his retirement. He, hasn't, he didn't play last year for him or this year. But former cornerback finally announced his retirement. But what happened to Marlon Humphreys? What happened to Marcus Peters? What happened to these guys? Thought they were good corners. They can't guard anybody out there. It's horrible. But anyways, this is how I feel about Ravens. They're going to be that team that may sneak in the playoffs at the end of the year, but may not be doing any damage because their defense cannot play. And they relied so heavily on Lamar Jackson to create hero plays and keep him in the game. But what happened again? Lamar Jackson didn't deliver in another big time key moment when it mattered most. And that's the knock I have on. That's probably why the Ravens are still reluctant to give him $250 million in guaranteed money. Even though he's a former MVP. That's why. Because when he has to throw the ball in those key moments, things happen. And speaking about quarterbacks, what about that certain guy that went to Carolina, was basically pushed out of Cleveland, even for Jacoby Brissett? The Cleveland Browns are a lot better off team with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback than you, Baker Mayfield. Carolina Panthers, one and three. They're lucky they got that one. This is talk about Matt Rule. You know, and that staff bringing Baker Mayfield in, name him the starting quarterback, and your team can't do anything on offense. Baker Mayfield is actually even worse here in Carolina than he was in Cleveland. Another big time loss against Arizona, 26 16 at home yesterday. Of course, you know they follow one and three. He only had 197 passing yards on the Arizona defense that's letting everybody score on him. One touchdown, two picks. He also lost a fumble. His total QBR for the game is 7.4. For the season, <laughs> he has a 747 passing yards. That's 27th. He has only four touchdowns. Tied for 20th. Three picks. Tied for 14th. And a 15.4 QBR. 32nd, dead last in the NFL. He is the worst quarterback in the NFL. Out of 32 teams, Baker Mayfield is the worst. I mean, you could throw in 
maybe what Justin Fields is doing in Chicago right now. Not looking too good, but it's not all his fault. He doesn't have a wide receiver. His running back's out. Herbertson, their offensive line can't block anybody. Carolina's offensive line is not great, but it's decent. You have Kristen McCaffrey in the backfield. What happened to G.J. Moore, that great rare receiver they have? He's a great number one. He's a number one. Can't get the ball. All of a sudden, you don't even hear about him. Yeah, he changed his number. Maybe that's a, that's a little bit to do with it, but damn. Robbie Anderson, who didn't want him to begin with, said, heck, no. And then they trade for him a few months later, and, they, and he's their quarterback. Do you think he really wants him as a quarterback? Uh, no. The only time I remember them uh, even being on the same page, I think it was the first week of the season when he caught that like 30-some-yard touchdown pass, and that's been it. And then he comes on this press conference and says, oh, you know, crowd's booing. I don't care what about that. I care about getting better. We know we're a team in here, whether we win or lose, blah, blah, blah. You know, typical little speech. But man up, man. You got to get better. This is horrible play. Stop being trying to act like it's just this tough guy. You're going to oh, come Austin, You'll be fine. Bro, you suck. Let's <laughs> put it blank. You suck. Horrible. Can't throw the ball down the field with a damn. Can barely hand the ball off the right way. Putrid. Should boo you out of that stadium. And they want Sam Darnold ahead of you. That's saying something. And Jacoby Brissett and Cleveland's playing better than you. That's saying something. Bro, you suck. But man, career is over. You've literally killed your career by the things you say and the performance on the field. It's over. Sam Darnold's better off as being a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And this is even going out there. Matt Rule, your job's done. Head coach, it's over. Ben McAdoo, for some reason, is the offense coordinator. Hey, you're done, too. It's over. All y'all getting fired. Matt Rule may get fired in another, another couple games from now. He may be fired before week six. We're, in week, we're going into week five. This dude may be fired two, two more weeks. This is how bad Carolina's playing. There's no excuse for this. They got some talent on that team. It's not great talent. It's good talent. They got some good talent on that defensive side of the ball. What happened? I mean, come on. But a lot of it has to do with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. Sorry. All right. Two attack of a low, as we know, last Thursday night suffered a really horrifying concussion. Um, so I was giving my thoughts about that and what had happened, what I think about it is a lot of scrutiny is going against the Miami Dolphins. Even now they've fired the independent neurologist that conducted the concussion test and everything. But I'm really curious as all these details kind of leak out. Why were they trying to cover up that he didn't get concussed against Buffalo? Why were they trying to like cover that up? Because it's obvious he had a concussion in Buffalo. 
against them on Sunday. And then they play them on Thursday night against Cincy. Really seemed, oh, okay, he passed the test or whatever. But the comeback, I mean, he played the whole second half and made a pretty bomb throw in that Buffalo game to make the Miami Dolphins win. But are Miami Dolphins at fault? Is Mike McDaniel at fault? Who's really at fault aside from the neurologist or anybody or the team doctors or whoever's doing these testing? It was obvious, and they say it was all about a back. His back was hurt. And we all know that's not the case. Yeah, his back may have hurt, but we know he was concussed as well. And to see what happened on Thursday night when his fingers switched like that, and he was, I mean, it was not a great thing to see. I'm very scared for the guy and really upset about Miami Dolphins kind of put him out there. I've been kind of a two to, hate, to a hater. I didn't really believe in the kid. I was too injury prone. thought he liked the arm, you know, for this franchise and for them to pass up Justin Herbert for him to me was just a really bad move. move. But anyways, the kids play lights out this year. He's trying to defy all the haters, trying to defy all the odds, saying, yes, he is a quarterback in this league. Yes, he can make the throws. Yes, he can improve. Yes, he can lead this team into the playoffs and possibly be a Super Bowl contender. He wants everybody to believe it. And, man, the way this kid was playing with all the scrutiny on him for his first few games of the season was awesome. He was making throws. Give it to him a coach that wants to work with him. Give it him Tyree Kill to pair with Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki and this get Cedric Wilson and add running backs to Raheem Mostart and Chase Edmonds to get fast and playmaking. Give him weapons like he had when he was in Alabama that's where he could flourish, you know, improve his skill and just feel part of the team. And I feel like part of Tua was this I have to be on the field. I'm not concussed. I'm fine. I can do this. You know, even though, who knows, even if he was, you know, feeling a a little dizzy or just trying to say those things so he could play or something with a team doctor and their, like, neurologist and all those guys, like, I have to play. Whoever made the call, obviously there's more into this story. But I feel for him wanting to be on the field because he doesn't want to lose his job. He's in year three. He wants to prove everybody wrong. And he was doing that. I mean, yeah, one game he threw for six passing TDs and over almost 500 yards. That's almost as much as damn Baker Mayfield's had all year. He threw one. He threw more touchdowns in the second half against Baltimore than Baker Mayfield has all year. He threw for over half of Baker Mayfield's passing yards in one game. I mean, two has been great. He's had a couple, you know, missed throws during a few of the games, but he's played great. <laughs> he's proved me wrong. He's proved a lot of people in Miami wrong. I didn't want him there. And for this to happen with him is unfortunate. It's pretty, this is unfair for him, but I feel for him wanting to be on the field. But I hope his health is okay. I believe there's more blame on the head coach for him to come out and say, oh, this is back when the video clearly shows he was concussed. I think there's blame to go around the entire Dolphins coaching staff, the doctors, and the organization 
which is an organization now that's quite frankly under the radar anyway because of their tampering and trying to bring Tom Brady and trying to give Sean Payton a head coaching job there. And this things they've done over the years has not been great, but this organization is under another big time microscope as the NFL and NFLPA are still ongoing investigating as to who all was involved with this decision-making and why he was on the field. Yes, you know what that means. It's time for the overreaction Monday segment. Let's get into it. Yeah, we're going out on a limb here. We got to make this a little exciting. We don't want to be like everybody else. We got to make it exciting. We got to put our predictions out there. We got to get wild with it. And that's why this is overreaction segment. And you're going to be shocked by the time we go through with all of it. But anyways, as of question number one on overreaction segment is Kenny Pickett, the rookie QB from the Pittsburgh Steelers, will lead the Pittsburgh Steelers to the playoffs now that they let go of Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. The answer is yes, he's going to. It's not an overreaction. Pittsburgh does play a pretty damn tough schedule coming up. They got Buffalo, Philly, Miami. Like, their schedule stinks. Last next three or four on the road. Can he do it? Why not? The kid's exciting. Missile Trubisky was garbage. Hot garbage. Thank goodness they got rid of him at halftime. He's not even put on the uniform ever again. But he's going to be the backup now. Screw it. Can he pivot? it? Pickett went to the University of Pittsburgh. Now he's going to play for Pittsburgh in the steel curtain. And Mike Tomlin, come on now. They're going to get T.J. Watt back, of course, the last fourth of the season. Why not? Why not Pittsburgh? Yes, they're struggling. Yes, Kenny Pickett threw three picks in his first play. He's going to struggle. It's going to happen. But Pittsburgh's going to have a light lift out for him. An army on fire. Give Pickens that wide receiver. He's a hell of a guy out there at wide receiver. Give him the ball. Deontay Johnson, give him the ball. Give these guys the ball. Maybe Najee Harris will be able to run the ball a little bit better with somebody back there passing the ball a little bit better than a Mitchell Trubisky who had no business being the starting QB from day one. And guess what? Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. He's never. They've never finished under 500 and it ain't happening because Kenny Pickett is going to lead him to victories. Okay, next question. Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. The Dallas Cowboys are better off without Dak Prescott as their quarterback. And guess what? That's not an overreaction either. Cooper Rush is that guy. He's that man. He's that bad man in D. Dallas, star on the helmet. Cooper Rush balling out here. Cowboys, 3-0 under him this year. He's 4-0 as a starter in this league. He can't be phased. He can't be stopped. Cooper Rush is that guy. Dak Prescott, first game against Tampa, looked so out of sync. He looked like he couldn't throw the ball. They win it. They came back to the ground game. They got a 40-year-old man, Jason Peters, out there. at left tackle. He's balling out there, moving the waves up to the second level. Guess what? Zeke Elliott can run the ball now. Tony Pollard can run the ball now. The NFC East, oh, my goodness. Dallas Cowboys sitting up there. Can it be? Holding it down the fort. Cooper Rush, baby. Don't. Let Dak come back because Dak, yes, he's going to try to be pass heavy. He's making all those millions, but he ain't worth it. Cooper Rush is the man. Now, for our final question of overreaction segment, the NFC East is the best division in the NFL. Is that an overreaction or not an overreaction? 
Hold on. That's an overreaction. Even though this praise Cooper Rush, praising those Dallas Cowboys and being better off without Dak. That's definitely an overreaction. Yes, the Eagles are undefeated. Yes, those Giants are 3-1. What? The Giants are 3-1. Yes. What? With Daniel Jones as their quarterback. Makes no sense. Watch the Commanders. They ain't nothing. Carson Wentz is a dunce. He's over. Why is he a starting quarterback in this league? We don't know. NFC East. You got the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Eagles are probably going to win the division because they don't play anybody. They're the softest. You know, schedule in the whole entire league, in my opinion. They can run rabbit. Cowboys, if they bring back Dak, they'll go back for that accident waiting to happen. They'll start winning games. They'll start being that team that everybody starts to believe in. And then you look at it, you're just like, why, Dallas? At the end of the year, you want to give surprises in a show. And that's why we can't have the NFC East as the best division. It is still in the AFC West. It's Pat Mahomes and his Houdini acts. It's Russell Wilson and Denver Broncos offense. Finally going to start getting going. Can it really start getting going? It's been in trouble. Two and two on the year. Russell Wilson has struggled, but he did play well yesterday. Get Cortland Sutton the ball. Get Jerry Judy the ball. Javante Adams is out now. Oh, excuse me, Javante Williams is out now with a torn ACL. It's horrible news because then he got the Melvin, the Fumbler, Gordon. Out back there. Maybe that Boone kid can give him a spark in the run game when he's out. But, damn it, the Raiders, they're back on track at 1-3. They got in the win column. Josh Jacobs in the run game. Get Derek Carr and Devontae Adams back on the same page. Hunter Renfro, where are you? You're coming back. I believe in this AFC West. The Chargers look bad at times. Their run defense looks bad at times. But they're still back 2-2. Two and two. This is going to be a battle still out on AFC West. That's why they're still the best division. It's not the NFC East. Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen. You got the Washington Commanders with Carson Dunst back there past the ball. He ain't nothing. You got the Giants and Daniel Jones as a quarterback. They ain't nothing. Saquon's the only guy. NFC East, no. They are not the best of it division in the NFL. That is an overreaction. And that'll wrap up today's episode. And thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk for the Crew with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember, new episodes are going to air every Monday and Wednesday and available on all streaming platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Feel the Heat Entertainment. And also we are on Twitter too as at Feel the Heat ENT. Uh, be sure to check out the official website, feeltheheatentertainment.com. That's feeltheheatent.com. Podcast is, is uh, uploaded to there as well. You'll find little news articles regarding the games and whatnot throughout the week. So be sure to check it out, the official website. And, hey, everybody, we are back. Sports Talk from the Crib every Monday and Wednesday. Peace out. Peace out.